This is episode number 125, Recognizing the Hand of Providence with Scott Mason. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement regarding our virtual meetup, Courageous Conversations. This is something that we started a few weeks ago through Zoom, where every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time, we host a one-hour-long call for all of us within the community to connect and to learn more about each other and the individual journeys that we take within our lives. If you're interested in joining any of the upcoming calls, go ahead and leave us a message through our website, to which we'll respond with all the details where you can join and at what time. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds Podcast. Today's guest is someone that I was fortunate enough of meeting a couple of weeks ago, although it seems like we've met a lifetime, maybe even two ago, and him and I had a conversation initially that evolved into something that I don't think either of us imagined of becoming, but we have since connected and have been able to support each other in every way that we can. And so I wanted to create this space for both of us and many of our listeners that they can get familiar with Scott and his story and the different perspectives that he brings to the table. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you. And it is a pleasure to be here. Uh, I agree completely with your account of how we met. Um, it's always good to know there's a feeling this beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, I, I love the energy that you always bring. And as I mentioned to you during the call that we have with Gene, it's important for me to help recognize people's strengths because oftentimes we don't see them ourselves. We'll go through life and we go through the, what, what I think one of the reasons why we don't see them is because we become so familiar with our strengths. So we wake up in the morning and then someone says, how did you do it? You just say, I did it. You don't, you don't really go back as far as the process that you took that oftentimes people seek and and crave those answers and tools and methodologies that comes with it. But before we get into kind of the theme and the core of today's conversation, I want to actually give you a chance and present yourself to our audience and our listeners by answering the following question. And that is, who are you? Thank you. And you know, that is a simple and tough question at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so, sort of the technocratic answer is I am a motivational speaker, a businessman, and a guy who likes to um, be out there, hopefully inspiring folks. I like to talk about resilience, survival, social ethics, um, overcoming obstacles in life and 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 just generally um how to make ourselves the most positive exciting um per, you know forward thinking presences in the world that we can so mm-hmm. that's the technocratic answer i think that i am very much someone who if i could imagine the deepest forces in the universe as a river mm. all of us might be seen as 
strands of electricity in that. I view that electricity as, as, as blue, sort of neon blue. Mm -hmm. I'm a traveler. I'm a traveler that has taken circuitous, often kind of messed up <laughs> ways um, on the landscape near that river to get into that river, to dive in, and then to hit that bolt of electricity. Mm -hmm. When that bolt of electricity hits, um, as it has sometimes, and then I've, I've, I've flown away from it or it's gone, gone away from me. Um, but when that electricity hits, you're really going somewhere special and fulfilling the nature of what you are meant to do in the universe. So I am someone who is constantly seeking to wade deep enough into that um, river so that that bolt of blue electricity hits me and then to go where it is. I view myself actually as a vessel or something, um, a tool for whatever it is that the universe wants me to do and be, and I'm constantly seeking what that is. But mm -hmm. I understand um, and really believe that what I am is, is a tool for the universe. Um, mm -hmm. and that's an exciting gift to understand, an exciting thing to understand. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe in a similar fashion is that I believe I'm a reflection for someone else to be able to see their own story, their own experience. And I think we, we all have the capacity to do that for other people and not only help them recognize their own gifts, but also recognize areas that they may not have seen before about yeah. themselves. Because I think self is very complex and there are many layers to it. And the more that we can help reveal other people, those layers, the more that we can help them heal ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that path through life is a very interesting perspective and mindset to take. But ultimately what I've learned is that that belief in ourselves and also belief in the universe, the, the energy and whatever else that we associate ourselves with becomes so fundamental in helping us move forward through daily routines. If I could, one thing that I find interesting about that um, mm -hmm. way you describe yourself mm -hmm. is that it, it has embedded in it some metaphors that I find interesting. Reflection. Mm -hmm only occur when there is a surface upon which light hits. And so what you are mentioning and what I'm hearing and what you're saying too, is that you're able to bounce back the light people that have in, that people have inside of them um, back out into, into, the, into the universe and for them to see. And that emphasis on light to me is something that's beautiful. The other thing too, just sort of as a matter of imagery that comes to mind when I heard you in particular saying this mm -hmm. is, the idea of a reflection, but I, I didn't think of a mirror really when you said that. I thought of a reflecting pool um, mm. and how one can look into a reflecting pool and see the superficial reflection, but underneath that there are so many other stirring layers of water and things that might even be in that water. And that's one of the things that I found to be so compelling about you. There's mm -hmm. the superficial that we all have that presents when one immediately meets someone. But as I talk to you every single time, there's been a zillion things underneath hmm. the surface that I leave thinking about. So uh, that was really just a powerful metaphor. And I, I felt compelled to, to just speak my piece about it. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate you acknowledging that about myself. And I thank you for that. The, the, the theme and the topic of today's conversation, as far as when it comes to the universe and, and the energy and everything that you and I both believe in. What I've been curious to know, and, and I'd love to hear your perspective on it, is what is that line or boundary that you set for yourself 
if you do to begin with, let's put it that way, I'm assuming here. But when it comes to what I've learned is that the universe and the energy is there to help us. But oftentimes what I've also learned after having had the conversations that I have is that that element of help oftentimes comes from a moment where we feel like we don't have what it takes within us to keep moving forward. Yes. How do you view the role that the universe and energy plays in your life? Thank you. That's an incredible question. And I will answer it by going back a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of my own history. Mm-hmm. There were many years I thought that the universe was a profoundly cold and empty place. I thought there was just nothing. And I thought that we were just here, you know, no different than bacteria on, uh, you know, on a, on a needle, on, a, on the pen, you know, the head, the head of a, of a pen. Um, and that if anything, it was um, all random. There was, it was just, we were just specks that were, you know, waiting to be smacked down. And I was pretty hardcore about that. Um, I think that part of where I've come to around that has been, um, understanding that, as you mentioned, some of the journeys that lead us to places are those that themselves ultimately become part of the journey and invaluable. Um, understanding that in any given moment, we only have a short, minute view of the larger arc of history, both of our own lives and of human history, and certainly even beyond that universal history. Um, I feel like... Um, so for so long, and I think this was to some extent unconquered or uncontrolled ego on my part, to some extent mm-hmm. it was pure immaturity on my part, and to some extent it was intellectual limitation or, or reactiveness on my part. I didn't understand that. What I saw what was, was what I was experiencing. And if I experienced hardships, as I often did, um, I experienced them either as um, just random luck and that I just had bad luck and it was that's just the way it was for me or if anything maybe I viewed that there was a slightly hostile bent to the universe Um, it wasn't until I had events in my life and gradually became exposed to people that I began began to really understand see and as I began to accept that and move deeper and deeper into it that there was a lot more to it than that but sort of going more to your question and I hope I'm beginning to address it because it's a complex Mm -hmm. interesting question um, is that Sometimes one of the things I've come to realize is that, you know, when you're watching a particularly like prestige television or you're reading mm-hmm. a literary work, there may be seeds of something that are put, you know, 10 episodes um, in season one and then eight episodes into season eight. Suddenly that seed, bop, you know, pops out and that explains why that was there all along. Mm-hmm. And I think in my case, coming to understand what all of this meant and that there was something deeper beyond this is um was part of the emergence of that was experiencing thing was the experience itself of not believing that any of it existed and mm-hmm. then having to face the consequences of that um, because i do feel like it played out consequentially in my life and um and then reassessing and then beginning to be open to a deeper reassessment of all of these events as they move forward. Is that even beginning to touch on the answer to your it question? It does. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that goes as, I mean, to, to me, that's the best answer that I can give. Maybe if I could ask you to reframe that again a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you, what, what is the fine line that you draw 
as far as when you, for example, have a hardship and how, how much do you look within and then how much do you look externally and when do you decide to look externally? Right. So I think that tying back, tying that back in and the whole reason I actually brought up that point was Mm -hmm. that during that phase in my life, I purely looked externally. I saw myself without realizing it as having no true agency in the universe, or if I had agency as an agent that was acting against the universe. So I think that part of what um, happens, at least in my case, how I draw that line is to, or when I began to draw that line in my life, was when I began to be exposed to people with and who opened, who helped open my mind, but then when I made the choice to open my mind mm-hmm. to the fact that I actually had agency in this universe. Not only that, that I had agency, but that the universe wanted me to exercise that agency. Mm-hmm. And to me, at this point, when it comes to drawing that line, I almost feel like um, the line doesn't even exist, that there's mm-hmm. no line. That it's that I'm always um, I'm always in I'm always in the position of both acting on the universe and um, inter, you know and it acting on me that it's almost like an interplay that mm-hmm. moves forward. Does that make sense at all? So is it always co-creating? Are you always co-creating I, with I it? I tend to believe that. I almost view it as like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Now there may be outcomes that the universe is wanting for you, mm-hmm. or the outcomes as is the case with a really good um, choose-your-own-adventure but can sometimes lead you to the same ultimate conclusion, even if you appear to be making certain choices. Um, I do think that there is a larger beauty, harmony, and pattern. Um, And I feel like um, sometimes I'm making that choice and I am choosing to follow what the universe is is bringing to me. My life and my path is easier there. There may not be a lesson that I need to learn because I've either learned it or the universe has chosen to take me to that place without the lesson. When Mm -hmm. I choose not to though, the universe, I do believe acknowledges my agency. I believe that it still wants me to learn what it wants me to learn. It still Mm -hmm. does what it wants, or it still um, takes me where it wants me to go, um, unless I fight so hard against it that really the only mm-hmm. option is my own destruction, which, you know, sadly can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and that's a true tragedy, but so long as that that doesn't occur, I always seem to somehow end up right where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Why do you think one of the things that I've wondered and pondered upon is this, in, in moments of tragedy and adversity, oftentimes, speaking from, from my own personal experience, when I seek for certain answers or certain questions within the universe and, and this realm of possibility, the, the mindset and the approach is always to receive a positive outcome. But you bring up something interesting, and that is that universe is going to teach you what it is meant to teach you. So whether that means the, the kind of the good, the bad, or everything in between, you don't really have a say in that. You have a say in, I think, how you respond and what you choose to interpret. But as far as our approach, in my, in my opinion, it's always to receive something positive in return. Why do you think it's that way compared to maybe a view of approaching the, the universe from the point of view of just kind of it is what it is type of mindset? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, in my case, mm-hmm. 
just observation of the facts. At the end of the day, things that, you know, I, I want to talk about a little bit about what we said a minute ago about seeking a positive outcome. Of course. It's mm -hmm. interesting because my disposition, particularly in the past, I would say 10, 15 years, has been very um, positive focused. Um, yet there are, there are times in which things happen in life. Um, either personally or to people I care about or, or within the larger, you know, world where it's very difficult to, to argue that they are anything but negative, at least in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yet, as I've learned more about history or even, again, had the benefit of more time on this earth to observe, observe what ultimately happened, that ultimately, so many times, even these things that are horrifically negative, somehow seem to have a positive silver lining to them. And it's usually, depending on how negative the situation is, um, one that is a, um, one that is un extremely unexpected and that mm -hmm. we might not have been able to foresee but for the existence of those seemingly negative events. And sometimes they are, again, just genuinely negative. There's no way to spin them as anything positive. But that but the outcome in the larger view of history is something else altogether, um, which goes as to something else just I want to briefly touch on, which right. is that part of what we see as negative, I believe, in terms of outcomes sometimes can purely be our own ego. They're negative for us or they are limitations of our own vision, which again is sort of an mm -hmm. egocentric um, imposition um, as opposed to the larger view of history. So I, I just mm -hmm. have to throw that out as an aside. Going back to what you were, what you said earlier then, why I tend to take that more um, designed-based approach to how mm -hmm. the universe is driving things as opposed to like what you just said, is it just sort of happening, is that once I made a conscious choice to say, Scott, let me try and figure out what the universe is telling me and follow that, as opposed to just trying to have the attitude which I had for many years, which is that I will control my circumstances. I will dominate and I will push through no matter what. A, not only, once I dropped that, not only did I end up happier, but weird things kept happening. Um, and that I could say, I, I hate, I hesitate to say, oh, um, it just couldn't happen, you know, it's just, it, you know, it, it wasn't coincidence, there's no other explanation, because that's, a, again, an expression of my own mental limitation, but at the end of the day, things kept happening that were right and were making my life easier and that were leading to constructive outcomes over and over and over again. In particular, an example of that, about um, six months ago, Mm -hmm. I had a series of conflicts with the person that I owned my last business with. We were 50-50 partners. And these conflicts were escalating and escalating. And eventually we had a conversation which we agreed superficially, amicably, to separate and part ways. Although it was superficially, amicably, in my heart I was devastated. Mm. Really. I felt I was a failure. I felt the relationship had failed. I felt like my future had failed. I felt like um, I would be viewed by everyone in the world as a screw up, uh, all of this sort of stuff. Even though looking at the data of the business, that wasn't the case. My, my internal feelings were, over I was overwhelmed with shame and loss and tragedy. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, shortly after that happened, literally, 
I decided, okay, I've, I've just got to see where this is going and, and assume this is happening for a reason that I can't see. And people began to pop out of the sky, literally. I got calls from people, oh, I've been thinking about you lately for no apparent reason. Let's talk about this and this. They gave me valuable information. Oh, let's have lunch today, Scott, I haven't seen you in a while. They ended up having exact information that I needed. And then they in turn would introduce me to other people that had exactly what I needed and that were exactly in the direction that I had already been feeling like I needed to move anyway. To me, that could superficially just be explained as a random string of coincidences, but it's unlikely. When things keep popping up that are taking you in a direction that you're feeling is right and that the universe, and I might have been feeling a little bit inclined towards anyway, um, mm -hmm. after a certain point, I can't just say it's random. It just does not seem reasonable to me. And so that's the ultimate answer to your question. Observed, lived experience. Mm -hmm. Do you think everything's possible in this lifetime? Everything. Is it possible that I will wake up tomorrow as the king of England. I don't believe literally everything is possible, mm -hmm. but, and I, that would be kind of cool if I did wake up tomorrow. <laughs> I got but, however, <laughs> I do believe that much, much, much more is possible than we realize. And that I say in particular because of lived experience as someone who spent so many years of my life imagining what was not possible, seeing barriers everywhere, and mm -hmm. then having taken the steps away beyond what we can imagine, if we can get out of that ourselves, or if we can accept um, what the, the reality of what those possibilities might be. Mm -hmm. Take us through a brief um, synopsis as far as your own story and the diff, not all the challenges, obviously, but some of the challenges where you felt that it was impossible for you to get out of. And, and how did you form this mindset as far as choosing to believe in the possibility and understanding that, hey, my experience with X, Y, and Z does not have to define the rest of me moving forward. So this is seemingly a minor one, but I think it might resonate with people. Mm -hmm. I had for 20 years, um, I worked as a, in various capacities as an attorney or an executive or, or official with the city of New York. And one of the things that kept happening over and over would be that I would have bosses that were actively hostile, often in public ways, to mm -hmm. my participation, my full expression of what I had to bring to the table as a public servant. Uh, example of this might, um, that's particularly graphic that speaks to a lot of people, was a boss I had who, um, during a meeting with my staff and with my colleagues, felt the need to tell me, you know, Scott, you open your mouth and talk. You sound so stupid. I really think that you should consider buying a gun and just pointing it in your mouth and shooting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had another boss who pulled me into her office and I added a paragraph into a, a little memo that I'd written that she didn't like. And when she saw that, and I had written it so I could cut or paste it out. So it wasn't even essential. It just, I could pull it out. I didn't. I will add it, whatever, it was a paragraph and a memo. And she literally stood up and began jumping up and down and screaming and pounding her fist um, against um, a, a whiteboard that she had there yelling, but nothing gives her what, nothing, no one gives her what she wants. She literally was jumping up and down and, and um, you know, carrying on and on. I assumed I was gonna be fired on the spot. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I even called up my husband and told him when I come home, I think today will be my last day. I 
because I wrote a paragraph that shouldn't have been in the, right, you know, um, that sort of thing kept happening over and over and over again. I had a boss one time during this period who I was frustrated because I said, I feel like my career isn't getting any traction. A lot of people, I'm, I'm having to fight my way for everything. A lot of people have these mentors and those folks reach out to them and help them. Um, and I'm not getting that. And he said, oh, Scott, you'll never get a mentor. That's your personality such you'll never get one. You've got to be your own mentor. Sorry, that's tough. That's your life. And one of the things that I felt during that was my solution was, very future oriented. Okay, this isn't working. I'm not going to be given support here. So let me go to the next one and then to the next one and then to the next one and then to the next one. It never occurred to me because I viewed the universe as basically random that I might have needed to have been listening to something here. And so I kept having the exact same thing happen over and over again. I would go to one, you know, job situation, it would be fine for a while, then in inevitably, I'd get publicly called out for being, a, you know, an idiot or yelled at and screamed at in front of colleagues and fear, you know, things like that, or have things thrown across the room, whatever. And I would go to the next one saying, this one will be different. Then the exact same thing happened, would happen over and over. <laughs> Right. And I remember I was talking to my counselor at the time saying, okay, so this is the third job where this has happened, but maybe on the fourth time, it'll be different. And eventually I said to myself, you know what? The same thing has happened now too many times. I need to like get it and get my rear end out of here and try something else. Once that happened, that particular challenge never happened again. Mm. And so it was one of those things where um, learning, to, I, I chose for a long time to not even consider the possibility that there were lessons that I needed to be learned mm -hmm. or that I needed to have taught to me, I should say, um, around what sort of person that I surrounded myself with. In every one of those cases, I was choosing to work with those individuals. I interviewed for those jobs or I applied for them or I accepted promotions to work for under, under those people, knowing full well what they were like and what might be called me. And I never learned my lesson. Instead, I chose, I had to sort of endure public humiliation or verbal abuse or sometimes even outright emotional abuse in order to learn it. Um, that is sort of um, an example of then pulling away from this sort of randomistic view of the universe. And when that happened and I, be I began to be a little bit more conscious about who I was, things began to get a little bit better and the universe began to pull me more in those directions. Is that answering your question? It does. It does. And that's one of the things that I've learned throughout my experience is that it'll pull and then it'll push. And during the moments where it pushes, I think it's meant to, for you to reflect yeah. and question and learn the lessons. And then the poll, it's, it's kind of, you've learned the lessons now take action, take action, keep moving forward with it and, and put into practice what you believe you're understanding through that challenge. Totally. And sometimes those sorts of things can even help point you in the direction of what you need to be in the universe. The mm -hmm. whole conversation about Scott, you'll never have a mentor. That's you're not personality isn't the sort that will get you a mentor. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to be your own mentor has me, had me realize I can never ever be in a position where I will have to tell someone that if someone isn't getting a mentor, I will be that mentor for them. And in mm -hmm. fact, that's one thing I really enjoy and have come to understand the value of. But I wouldn't have understood that necessarily if I hadn't been without and had someone directly say that to me. Mm -hmm. um, 
sometimes you, at least in my case, I appreciate things more when you're told you can't have that. Yeah. And I think in regard to the mentorship, what I've learned is that there is, um, there's almost a hidden language that is spoken and it's not necessarily me coming to you and saying, Hey, Scott, can you be my mentor? And you're saying, absolutely. It's sometimes there's something that happens, some sort of synergy that where you actively, it, it's almost like you accept each other's roles as a mentor and mentee without yeah. even telling that yeah. to the other person. Absolutely. And, that, and that's where I think there is, there's a language beyond the one that you and I are currently communicating in that happens simultaneously that allows us to understand each other for people that we may not even see each other for just yet. Yeah. 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 I mean, also that goes as to one thing, just as a, maybe not so superficial aside mm -hmm. that particularly around the world of mentorship in organizations, mm -hmm. I was someone that was not able to really attract mentors was that, you know, I was not raised in an environment where, um, where how to operate as a manager or an executive in any sort of large organization was even part of the dialogue. Um, and so there were certain cues like the ones you just mentioned that I would have never picked up on, or I wouldn't have known how to respond to. Now, even sort of hearing what you just said, that's a valuable thing for me to remember in my toolbox. And it's something I have already sort of unwittingly done, which mm -hmm. is if there are people who I'm sensing might not get mentorship or um, advice or support simply because they don't know that it's a possibility available to them, or they mm -hmm. might not have, you know, they might not have the ability to sort of fall into or recognize what you're talking about happening, that interpersonal synergy, to be explicit and say this, I'm happy to mentor you mm -hmm. if that's what you want. Um, sometimes people need to hear that sort of thing. And that's an example of, again, a lesson um, that we can get through these things that's positive because there are people out there that aren't going to understand or they just might not have the social skills, but they still need help and they're desperate for it and want to be there for it. Mm hmm Scott, final thought for today's episode, and this is a question that I ask a lot of our guests, but I think there's a lot of connection as to what you're saying when it comes to mentorship and, and helping other people, and that is how have you or how can you be a contribution to someone else's life today? First of all, I'm hoping that if, and by, by you, are you meaning me, Scott Mason, or do you Correct. mean Correct, Scott Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hopefully that if someone is listening to this and they feel as though they might have been an individual that was sort of shunted aside or whose gifts um, that they might think that they have inside or that they don't even realize they have inside um, are, worth val are worth valuing um, and are worth contributing to the world, that they begin to think, oh, maybe it actually is um, something that's valued. And if they are someone that is really feeling like the universe seems to exist solely and only to oppress them, and that the only look, luck that they have is bad luck, I'm someone who has been through a lot in my life who has believed that and understands that there's another side and that that bad luck or those things that seem like they're deprivations can actually be massive gifts. You're just, we're caught in our own chapter. We can't see the whole book sometimes. Mm. I love that. That's a beautiful way to put it. We're caught in our own chapter and we can't see the whole book. Let alone the whole library. <laughs> that's, that's very true. I think oftentimes what we do see is just the cover, the cover yeah. to that book. 
Exactly. Exactly. Not even the title page. Mm-hmm. Scott, how do people find you and what are some of the ways that you, that people can connect with you and learn more about who you are? Yeah. First of all, they can always email me at s.scottmason at gmail.com. S dot S-C-O-T-T-M-A-S-O-N, one word, at gmail.com. You can also look me up on LinkedIn, s.scottmason, um, and I will be happy to talk to anyone. I love people. People are the best things in the world. And so if you reach out to me, I'm going to want to talk to you, just because chances are, if you reach out to me, you're a human being. And so the chances are that, I, that I'm going to want to get to know you and learn something from you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Google, or Facebook so more people can find these inspiring and courageous stories. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.